and welcome to the Becoming Royal podcast, where we discuss the rodeo industry and pageantry. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm Nicole. And I'm Sarah. With Pendleton Roundup and Cheyenne Frontier Days being credited with the startup of royalty and promotion of their rodeos through the Great Depression, but what made Rodeo Queen fashion into what we see today? It was 1931 when the Texas Cowboy Reunion in Stamford held what was called a sponsor contest. In this contest, each town was to provide a representative who would compete at the Stamford Rodeo in an event where they would be judged on the appearance of their horse, their costume, and horsemanship. This was a way to add femininity to an otherwise all-male sport and proved to be an extremely effective marketing strategy. Only 24 years later, this type of Rodeo Queen competition developed into what we see today as the Miss Rodeo America and Miss Rodeo Canada pageants, which both began in 1955. Both competitions exhibit appearance, knowledge, and horsemanship to prove each title holder has the grit to be useful in her sport and beautiful while doing it. Rodeo Queen fashion developed over the next few years and matured in the 1960s when Rodeo Queens were considered nearly as famous as movie stars. Companies would provide royalty with the hottest fashions just so they could advertise that Rodeo Queens wear their clothes, both beautiful and practical. In today's rodeo, we still see many of those same aspects in wardrobe as you would have seen back in the day with a newer, fresher take to keep our styles relevant. This can be credited to the work of custom designers. Today, we are thrilled to be talking to an Oregon-based designer, Sylvia Sanford of Ione. Wife, mom, volunteer, and seamstress, past rodeo queen, and owner of Queenie's Custom Creations. I honestly don't know how she manages all of it. Her two daughters, Lily and Ivy, were both Miss Oregon High School Rodeo and competed at nationals wearing Sylvia's designs. Her daughter, Ivy, even placed top six in appearance wearing her clothes. Today, Sylvia continues to design clothes for other queens, even though her daughters have grown and prides herself on providing affordable outfits. Thank you so much for being on our podcast, Sylvia. Oh, thank you for having me. So Sylvia, can you tell us what life lessons did you learn from being a rodeo queen that you still use to this day? Well, functionality, definitely need to have something that you're not going to be afraid that's going to rip or tear or wear out fast with riding and lots of appearances, everyday washability, affordability, because it does cost a lot to have these outfits and these wardrobes that these girls are putting together these days for their, not just their pageant, but for their reign. So those are two of the big ones and something that doesn't look like everybody else's. So you stand out. Of course, because everyone wants to look unique, right? Correct. Correct. That was really hard back in the day, back in the late 80s when I was doing a lot of the courts and was Miss Rodeo Oregon was that you know, you walk out into the hallway at the hotel in Vegas to with, you know, 42 other girls and you're going, oh my gosh, what happened? And you're looking at somebody wearing the same thing in either a slightly different color, but same style or the exact same outfit. And you're like, you know, oh, we're going to look like twins. So it was, that was when my mom started sewing my outfits so that we made sure that it was custom fit and that it, it stood out. Right. I feel like every girl's worst nightmare to walk out and see someone wearing the exact same outfit as them. And it's just such a confidence shot because then you're like, well, people are seeing us next to each other. They're going to really compare us now. I mean, I had that happen to me once. We were wearing the same tough enough for a pink running shirt and I was like, 
what if everyone thinks she looks better than me? And I'm like, not that that matters, but like, it feels like it matters right now all of a sudden. <laughs> well, it, and it, it, it shouldn't, it can, and we're not all made, you know, we're all made different and we're all, all different shapes and sizes. And, and I realize that the Western merchandisers, you know, they're sponsors and, and they need to make money too. But when it comes to a lot of this speciality type of things, you really need to make sure that you do have, have that special look and you feel good about what you're wearing. So what are some differences that you've seen from being Miss Rodeo Oregon in 1988 compared to now? Oh, a lot. Granted, a lot of the styles have kind of reverted back. (laughs) It's kind of funny, but but, um, the biggest thing would have to be pricing. You know, even custom clothes has raised so much in pricing. Mm -hmm. The demand for it was was amazing but as far as from my day I really didn't have a lot of options it was either you made them or you only had a few sparse designers Jen Faulkner Donna Riva those those type that were really doing a lot of that at that time were just kind of young ladies then and and it was uh you know some of those things back then even you know with the leather and that what really wasn't as popular as a lot of the other outfits that we weren't really wearing that yet. So there's just some, some of the styles were, were very different. I think it's gotten to be a little bit more elaborate now as far as the embellishments and things like that. But, you know, it's, it, fashion always makes a full circle for some reason. It really does. I, I think it's fascinating how you can look back at pictures of, of say, fantastic radio queens as yourself and be like, oh, oh, where can I find that? I need to wear that to my next rodeo. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just be thankful they haven't brought back the LeMay hooker pants. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. When I was a junior rodeo queen, I had a pair of silver ones. <laughs> silver ones, and I loved them. I thought I was, like, hot stuff. Oh, not yeah, we had, we had the black and the gold and the red. And <laughs> they were so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that was the rage. <laughs> I mean, you know what they say: if you uh, keep something in your closet long enough, it eventually <laughs> yeah, comes. That's, that's very true. There, there are some things that maybe if you just got rid of them from your closet, maybe they won't come back. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a fashion, one fashion from your era that you think would really fit in with today's rodeo queens, one style, what what would you bring back? Well, it's it's kind of hard because I there's a lot of them that that are brought back. The fringe back was really big back then. Fringe mm-hmm. on the tops of the yokes, doing the the piping and the yokes, you know, all that different textures, different patterns. So, and I, I always call them my retro shirts that I make for girls. And you know, I'm doing a lot more embroidery these days, whereas back then it was more overlays and just different types of materials and then adding the different types of fringes thereafter. Uh, Lots of embellishments. Tuxedo was a big thing back then. I'm not a fan of a tuxedo jacket on a lot of people. I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of like any of your daily, daily fashions that you, if just because somebody looks good on it, with it on yeah. on TV or something doesn't mean that, you know, five foot even and, you know, not the, the size ought, ought figure is going to look good and something that's going to make her look even shorter. So there's just some rules that need to be 
listened to as far as getting an honest opinion to these girls, what looks good and what, what doesn't look good. But I think anymore, anything goes, it just depends on what you feel good in and what looks good on you. What do you feel? How do you feel about the sentiment where you see girls who are told wear whatever you want, it doesn't matter as long as you feel good. Do you feel that that is a helpful bit of advice? Well, I, I, I do because you have to have the confidence. Um, you know, I've judged pageants before too. And going back to nationals with my, my girls with, for the high school, you know, that's 12 days worth of judging and they're put through so many different regimes and activities and you have to wear a lot of your sponsor, you know, with cinch and that, and, and you have to kind of customize it to make it yours. So to buy something store-bought and then fit it so it fits properly and looks good on you, that's the biggest thing. It always, my mom always taught me the same thing. It comes down to custom fit. You have to have the right undergarments. You have to have the right style and, and design of outfit that or clothing item that looks good on you, you know, and then you can get creative once you've picked out a style, you can get creative with your colors, what looks mm-hmm. the best for you. There's, you know, getting draped for colors, what's too much makeup, what's not enough makeup. It just goes from one extreme to the other, but it all ties in together that your finished look, you want that person to feel good about when she puts that outfit on, that she shows that confidence and answer any question, whether she answers it properly or or comes off and is very confident in her answer, they're still going to look at her and go, wow, she, you know, she covered that well and she looks good. So it's, you have to be, be careful. And and I was always the first one to say to somebody that would say, well, what do you think about designing this? And I'm like, well, can I see a picture of, of you in regular clothes? And can I see a picture of you in one of your rodeo outfits? And they would send them to me and I would draw something up and I would go, okay, I would change this you know, just to, to make this a little bit more flattering. I do have a lot of curvy girls in my clientele and my girls, you know, by all means were curvy girls. You can definitely make them look good and do well in appearance just by properly fitting and doing the right outfit for them versus, you know, saying, well, that this is what so-and-so wore and she won last year. I want the same thing. Well, honey, that's not going to look good on you. So, you know, sometimes you have to be brutally honest, (laughs) but you can do it tactfully and and honestly. And and I think most of these girls appreciate the honesty and they don't want to buy something that they pay a lot of money for and they wear it once and then they go, I didn't win appearance. I didn't do well in appearance or, you know, I didn't feel good in it and they resell it or may never wear it again. So I can feel for both sides being the mom and and being the designer that you have to make sure that it's a happy medium, I guess. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Speaking of both your daughters serving as high school rodeo queen, what are some similarities and what are some differences between each of them and how did you adapt to accommodate each of their styles? Well, and they are definitely two different styles. <laughs> um, Lily was my, my is my oldest daughter, and she was queen um, for two years in a row while she was in high school high school rodeo. Um, she'd done horse 4-H, and she was pretty novice in a lot of it. But she'd done FFA and and a lot of public speaking in that. She had certain areas that were her forte, and other areas that we we had to work hard on. She was more conservative. She was more traditional. You know, she she was blonde, really blonde. She liked reds and that, but she didn't want anything like she wouldn't wear a bright, bright color uh, besides you know, 
a true red. And she didn't really, you know, I think the biggest step that she took out of the box was when I bought her a dress for for nationals because I didn't have, I was making all her shirts and stuff. I didn't have time to make her a leather dress for the, for the finals. And I, I bought it from Becky Malone, bridal to bridal. She decided she wanted peacock feathers on it because she loved peacock feathers. She didn't get to fit it because we were on a time frame. We picked it up in Utah, went on to Rock Springs and the dress, it, it didn't fit. And it, it showed when she walked and, and, and that. She, she still loved the dress and everything, but you could tell when she looked at other girls how their dresses fit and that, even though they were a lot of uh, borrowed, rented, you know, hand-me-down dresses. And she just, you could see it. And so the next year I had it fitted and redone and she was a lot more confident in that same same aspect but she she just was a little bit more traditional in that now ivy on the other hand it's go big or go home I, she had no problem saying no mom i don't like that or you know <laughs> no mom i'm not wearing that so it it uh, definitely was been uh, for me to get used to because i was used to just saying well this looks really good you know let's put this together that'll that'll be really good for you and then the other one saying no i want you to do this and she'd draw it out for me and i was like oh okay at that time when they were both doing their rodeo queen stuff i really wasn't making clothes for other people i was uh, you know 4-h leader i taught sewing to to kids here locally and was a horse leader and all that but i and sewed for personal things but i wasn't doing it for anybody else it was with my girls and um, when Ivy went back to nationals, she she had requested all these things that I make for her. And so I was kind of excited about it and to you know have them debut at, the, at this national pageant. And as soon as she started throwing her outfits together and that and, and the belts that I was making with the 3D lace and fringe and some of the other outfits I had made her. Uh, rodeo arena shirts and sequins and and all this and learned how to dye jeans and paint boots and all that good stuff and we showed up we probably should have had a trailer separate for all all of her stuff compared to what Lily had and uh, it was you know we had to have a daily agenda of what she was wearing for each event and she's a lot more OCD than the other one (laughs) she uh she had it all lined out and you know and she was all of 16 and she'd never been in, in any pageant except for the high school but she'd been to so many and watched so many you know so she'd kind of learned by uh by watching all you girls and everything she got there you know started introducing herself and everybody's like oh ivy we love this we love that and she's like well my mom made it and they're like what and she's like yeah my mom makes these and all of a sudden by the end of the day i'm getting orders and i'm like what are you doing what where who are these people <laughs> And she's going, well, they wanted to know who my designer was. And I was like, I'm not a designer. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a designer. And she started laughing. And she goes, oh, you are now. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. And then it was, you know, of course, word of mouth and friends of friends and past rodeo queens and yeah, all that. It just kind of started the whole waterfall effect. So that was 2000 and what 16 so thereafter it's been been nonstop. but ivy definitely will press the envelope a lot more than than the older one and and styles are a lot different you know you have to have a a lot more formal western wear with high school rodeo their requirements in their rule book you know hasn't been changed since 1960 something so you have to have either a full collar or a one inch mock collar 
Um, you have to have full length sleeves, um, no three quarter sleeves. You have to have your regular jeans, belt, boots, hat. There's no fashion forward. There's no, the Miss Rodeo America pageant and, and your state pageants have changed a lot. I've kind of, you know, gotten more modern and, and grown with the times and high school rodeo is pretty much the same. A lot of their non-judged events, you can get away with wearing vests or sleeves without cuffs, those type of things. But for the most part, you have to follow the rule book because it isn't a, a judged event as far as like an rodeo event. So there's just some different guidelines, but it was a good education. It really was. It opened a lot of doors for both the girls. So that was, that was good in that respect too. I think what's interesting about high school rodeo is it really prepares you for getting into further pageants and getting into bigger pageants because of the restrictions and the rules that are associated with high school rodeo and learning as a young girl, learning that you have to listen to these rules or else you're not, you're not going to be able to compete. Like they'll just ask you to leave. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, not a lot of give on, on a lot of those things. You know, if you're late, you can be disqualified right there. A lot of different things that you'll definitely get marked down on. It definitely is definitely structured. I can understand that there's different rules and there's different guidelines for it, Oregon clear across the East Coast as far as what they might judge for their county or local or statewide pageants. And like I said, it, it I still do have clients that are in high school rodeo, which is nice because I have those patterns. I kept those patterns and, and I modify them for people. And, and it's no different than doing things for AQHA. I have some state queens that go back to National Congress and they have rules too. So you have to just learn how to make sure you ask those questions. Are there specifications? Are there guidelines? Did they send you anything for your pageant that says, you know, what you can and cannot wear, what's acceptable? what's not acceptable, who your sponsors are. And the girls are like, oh, we didn't even think about that. And it's like, well, you better because, you know, you're going to, you might get asked. So Sylvia, what do you recommend for others who are thinking of doing their own startup company in this industry? Rewind back before 2020. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleasantly busy. A lot of repeat customers, which is nice. Starting in this, there's a lot of new gals and the new gals that I'm seeing are actually rodeo queens themselves or had been previously title holders. You know, they probably made some of their own clothes. I've seen a lot of them in the, probably the last 10 years that went on and either, you know, doing painting or doing embroidery or doing leather work or or whatever. And, you know, it's, if it makes you happy and you're, you're wanting to do it to fulfill your want or need to help others and having a good year with their title or, or what have you, that's great. If you are in it to become rich, I wish you the best of luck <laughs> because we don't charge, a lot of us don't charge the going rate per hour that a professional seamstress does. Uh, you know, we try to get you the best deal on material that we use for your projects so that we don't have to pass that expense on to you. You know, most of us, there's others that, you know, I can definitely see why they, they charge what they do. And then there's others I'm going, you char don't charge enough. You know, it comes down to a lot of times it's not so much my overhead, it's just the time. You know, when I get into something with a lot of embroidery, you have to realize the maintenance, the machinery, product I have to put into it, you know, the wonderful postage back and forth that you, you know, takes into it. 
if there's no, I want it and I want it now and, and, you know, it'll fit when it gets here. There could be, I need a week because it's going to have to come back to me and I'm going to have to adjust it because you don't live right here in Oregon. Ivy a lot of times helps me, but with designing an outfit, just bouncing ideas off of her helps tremendously. And she'll, every once in a while, she'll tell me I'm crazy and that's not anything what the girl wants. And tell me something and I'll draw it up and send it. And the gal's like, that's exactly what I wanted. And Ivy just kind of gives me that, "Uh uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's, and she doesn't get paid for that. So, you know, it's, it's just something that we, we really don't do it to, to make a living on, I guess is the best way to say it. We, we do it to help others to be affordable, to try to make somebody else's year enjoyable. Uh, Word of mouth is the best advertiser. You have to be forgiving. Not everybody's going to like what you do in any profession. You're going to get told no, you know, not necessarily that you're just not perfect. It's just, you might not be somebody's cup of tea. And I don't, I've, you know, that's the way I look at it. It's like, well, you know, I might get told, well, work up a bid, show me something and we do it. And then they say, well, I don't think, I don't think that's the direction we want to go. And they, or something happens and the pageant got canceled or something like that. So there's a lot into it. You know, look, look hard to make sure that's, and it's, it's hard work. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a lot of writing down things and looking at pictures and talking to people and looking at color swatches and trying not to go to too many, you know, addiction meetings for Joanne's or anything like that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that you're like, Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of neat ladies out there that I've made friends with that. I, I love being able to talk to them. And we, it, it's not like there's a competition that between us to get that job, um, which is nice. We, we help each other. You know, and if I can't do something, I'm the first one to say that's above my pay scale and I'm going to recommend you call so-and-so and they do the same thing. So that's, that's the nice thing. It is a big family. The rodeo family is definitely a big family. I mean, it has to be, especially now with the trash fire of a year we have be all for one and all for one, no one will be able to survive. <laughs> I was busy right up to March last year. I had a really good year. I had a lot of new high school, junior horse, I guess, kind of club, but they're more like rodeo club down in Texas. A lot of young gals got my name from somebody. And I guess I was like ice cream because I wasn't so busy because so many of them, you know, they were on a waiting list for somebody and they couldn't wait that long for their outfits. And then I started making serapes and I was like, Oh Lord, what have I done? (laughs) And then I started making, yeah, I was like, okay. And then I was making purses on top of that. And I was like, okay, this is, this is getting crazy. And I, busy year, great year was thinking, wow, I'm going to, you know, have to start thinking about buying a new machine and all this. And, and all of a sudden COVID hit and it, you know, the rodeos and everything. And then they canceled Miss Rodeo America and extending the years out and everybody, everybody just like went silent. I went from 60 to zero and I was, whoa, what? It just happened. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this is, you know, I need to be thinking about pulling back and not doing so much anyway and and thinking about just doing some other things. It was okay. Rebudget things. And then all of a sudden it was, they started loosening the the grip on things down south and Midwest. and, And I was going, okay, well there's a few people calling me and I kept thinking, all right, I'm not going to worry about it. And so I started making up a few things just because I was bored and needed something to sew. So I didn't lose. What? You were bored? 
bored? Oh yeah. No. Bored right now, honestly. And then everybody's everybody's like going, "Well, I want to buy that. Can you make me this?" I'm like, "Oh Lord, what did I do?" So yeah. <laughs> you know, Facebook can either be your friend or it can kill you. So. <laughs> I do remember a shirt that you designed for me that I wore to Oklahoma. It was Oregon, and you had made it, I think, for your daughter, and she didn't like it. And I wore it and I'm pretty sure I got 20 or 30 people asking me who made it. And I was like, this is the simplest shirt I own and it's really pretty, but wow, I got a lot of compliments on it. And I'm, I'm sure that somebody asked you for another one or at least somebody had somebody else design something, something similar. Yeah. This last, this last year I did, I, I did one for a couple shirts for the, I believe she was teen Oregon. Yes. And then uh, I did Taylor's. Oregon shirt for her and then yeah Lily had one with with that she wore back for high school finals but I think I'd actually made the one that that I gave to you I think it was actually with something I was working on for Ivy and she's like no then that was there's a sample that yeah Yeah, it was a hundred percent not an Ivy shirt I would have to agree with that yeah and she was like going no mom I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear it I'm like okay all right fine whatever (laughs) because it was a totally flashy arena yeah but it was a winner on that one (laughs) what do you feel is like your signifier when someone looks at a design and they say oh oh that's a Sylvia Stanford design. You know, you can look at a Donna Riva dress and go, oh, Donna Riva designed that. What do you feel is your signature? Well, I'd have to say probably this last these last couple of years would be the 3D lace and fringe belts. Um, oh yeah. That were kind of the hip. hundred percent what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, those those really took off huge. And um I did a lot of sponsoring, um, did a lot, of, and I've actually done a lot with Miss Rodeo USA as well as the state queens for Miss Miss Oregon and that. I've sponsored a lot of awards and things for a lot of those um, pageants and, and clinics like the jackpot, the royalty jackpot with it Candace Carper puts on back in Oklahoma City. I, Ivy and I went back to that because a lot of our friends were involved in it and she got me on as a sponsor. And of course, then a lot of those gals were Iowa, you know, Minnesota. It was kind of funny because we were meeting people that we had never met before and they really liked gift certificates. So then they'd start getting these creative and Roast Rodeo Canada and some things like that. And it was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I'd have to say probably the arena shirts with the leather and the sequins together. I started making a lot of Ivy's uh, arena shirts with the 3D sequence and then had the lace appliques and the leather collars and for the high school rodeo girls, I would have to say that a lot of those were pretty much. I've only made a couple of leather dresses, and one was Ivy's green one that she wore and did so well with. But yeah, I did. I'd, probably the belts and and the arena shirts. Um, these days, it's all been about the embroidery <laughs> and the kind of the retro western shirts, the snap snap down shirts. But oh yeah, try to make mm-hmm. them different than everybody else is the big thing. Absolutely love that the the western with the. And it looks very, um, what is that? Like the all-American cowgirl look. I think it's so classy. And I like how some of these fashions are coming back. <laughs> nice throwback. I don't know. It's it's very refreshing. I, I was a little worried for some of our rodeo queens with their sleeveless tops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, there's always a, an old thing. You know, I was, my mother was older than most pe- people's pe- mothers when I was being raised. She was World War II vet. And it was always, well, leave some. Something for the imagination was always the big thing, you know. 
And, you know, she was always talking about wedding dresses or going out and that, you know, you don't have to sh- show everybody what you got. And you know, that's, that was always kind of, like, I had to think it back in my head. Yeah, that's true. But biggest thing was, you know, the, like the Roy Rogers, Dale Evan kind of era. Yes. Got Rick Rages and a lot of those fancy, fancy designers. And then you've got your Scullies and then you've got Panhandle Slim and everybody bringing back the old styles. And I enjoy them. I think that, like I said, once again, if they're made properly and they fit properly, they are flattering to most body types. You can play with colors and themes and jazz them up or dress them down, wear them as an oversized, tuck them in. There's just, you can, they're just more, a lot more versatile than a lot of these other outfits. And I think that's what it comes down to is that these girls need to think about when they're custom ordering these items or outfits, they need to realize they, as much as they're paying for them, that they can wear them with something besides just one set, Mm -hmm. just so that their wardrobe goes a little farther for their budget. What is your favorite fashion hack <laughs> hack for <laughs> I would say I, I know we have a rodeo box in our tourist trailer and it never comes out and it, and it always has to have the backup safety it's the safety box so you've got your you know your bleach pens your shout things your safety pin, you know straight pins whatever sharpies whatever you need for for that kind of stuff I always want to have that because you're always a, you know 10 miles away from the nearest store but as far as an outfit, this happened at Nationals, actually. A shirt that I made out of lavender leather and thought it fit dress form fine and thought it was going to fit my kid fine. We get back there and it was swimming on her. And I there was not going to be any hacking of it to get it to work. And it you know, had a, a hip belt. It had jeans that match the whole the whole thing i told her to take this outfit with her with us as backup just as just in case because they were their event was off the campus there where we were at and the backup item was white boots white wranglers with that hip belt a white cinch shirt and a white hat and we just went all white with just the pink accent or the purple accent of the belt and she she plays sixth out of the 42 for that event. It was just a simple cinch outfit. You always need to have a backup plan. Yeah. A couple articles of clothing in that dress bag with your number one outfit is just in case something goes wrong. We always tried to have two-piece dresses or two-piece outfits that we could mix and match. Like I said before, you know, that you, you, your dollar will go a lot farther too, just in case something does happen or something gets spilled. Sometimes it's just take it back to basics and add your little flair to it and it'll pay off. I remember hearing a story about something similar happening a few years ago at the Miss Radio America pageant. And I think it was Idaho was getting ready for horsemanship. And from how I heard the story, she her pants split oh. or something when she was getting dressed. And so she ended up using the outfits that had been provided from the sponsors when they checked in. And it was like a pair of blue jeans, Wrangler, and a button-up leopard print shirt, I think it was. And so a lot of people were like, well, this isn't the monochromatic we're used to. And she got a lot of backlash for it during the pageant. But then she ended up winning the appearance award, from what, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So I just like that whole hack about having that backup outfit. You never know when you might get that. Yeah. Oh, I got a one-upper on that one. I remember I was Miss NPRA and I was walking to the Philomath Frolic and Rodeo Queen luncheon. luncheon. And I was wearing a dress with a zipper down the side. I was walking and I remember feeling this sudden breeze. 
And the zipper, keep in mind, goes from armpit to mid thigh. So I was, oh. and it was a hundred degrees out, and I was probably making a bad decision wearing a leather dress anyway. Terrible Turns out, decision. yes, it was a terrible decision. <laughs> so somebody looks at me and they go, Sarah, you need to go back to your trailer. And I was like, what? And I looked down at my side and the zipper has torn open. There is no fixing it. Oh. And so I was like, well, I have a backup outfit in the trailer. And that ended up being a lot more appropriate for the event. But everybody saw that beautiful Victoria's Secret thong. <laughs> at least you're matching. Priority. <laughs> yeah, I made sure my underwear was matching that day, and that was a great thing, I'm sure. <laughs> a lot of cowboys got a real good shot. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think every rodeo queen has a story like that. I remember being a junior rodeo queen, and my shirt had split down the side as I was getting ready to run into a uh, to do a run in, and my mom duct taped it to me. <laughs> What? <laughs> she just took a big swipe of duct tape and stuck it on my armpit and she said, don't lift your arm too high. I don't think you can do a woman and not have it. Okay. Well, I mean, I have these stories, but they were about other people. And Sarah just said, you have to be a woman. You're not a woman if you don't have one of these. I don't have one of these stories. <laughs> she doesn't have my function. No. <laughs> you're just blessed. I Girl, you're my hat came off once. I remember one time I was goat tying and I ripped my shirt open when I finished tying and the whole grandstand saw my bra. Like, how do we not have these stories, well, Nicole? I, I'm also a very big fan of layering and preventative measures. So I always <laughs> had a camisole on underneath, at least, because I've had friends that oh, had yeah. their shirts rip open. Well, that was, that was my horn. learning point, okay? So I learned after that to wear a camisole I mean, underneath. I grew up next to Philomus. <laughs> Some of tank tops. But next to Philomas, who has the donkey races, I saw a lot of mishaps with rodeo queens over the years. I was ready when my time came that that would never happen to me. So. Okay, well, fine. We can stick to the main podcast theme of fine. Nicole is the planner of all of us. And I are just the experimenters. Yes. I'm surprised I don't have more flashing stories. Honestly, I probably well, should. I got plenty more. I don't. We can talk about it. I don't. I'm not busty enough to have these problems. I am not either. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> so, Sylvia, what should young women be looking for when they're choosing someone to design their wardrobe, and how do you help accommodate that? I think it comes down to your personal likes. You're either going to like something that they create or or you don't. It comes down to, again, if your pageant is specific as far as what is needed or is, or is allowed for that judging, there's just a lot of different factors. So you need to know what your your needs are first. Have a little bit of a background as far as what you know looks good on you and, and what you've received comments and compliments and how you feel wearing certain styles in the past. If that's something you want to continue or if you wanted to change it up, choose somebody that's willing to do, be a little bit of a soundboard, but you have to be able to take the brutal honesty too, that you want a designer that's not just going to create something just because you're paying them to do it and you not like it when you get it and never wear it. My, I guess my mom hat kind of comes into play sometimes a lot more than my designer part of it. And that's just because if I'm going to pay that kind of money for something, I want to make sure that my kid's going to wear it and enjoy it and get lots of compliments <laughs> on it. Right. I don't know if a lot of people think like that, but there's there's some that you know I've I've bought from various designers, uh, used clothing from other girls. And, and when it got here, it was, it was like, okay, yes, it's beautiful. I love it. And then looked at it really close as far as a seamstress and went, oh, okay, I get that. And then there was some, I went, what? 
And, you know, it was like, hmm, that's about ready to rip out and, you know, had to fix it. So there's always going to be those little, you know, nightmares that, that pop up and you have to, you know, buyer beware. And, and you know, does somebody stand behind their work? Is somebody willing to work with your budget? Somebody willing to give you their honest opinion? Are they strictly designing for them and not for you? You know, there's just, it's kind of like being a job interview, I guess, in, in that respect that you need to ask the, some questions of those people that you want to hire them to do this work for you. Other than that, just make sure that you're picking something for the right reasons, that it's flattering on you. You're going to stand out in a crowd. It goes with the outfit that you need it to go with. It serves your purpose. You're not going to spend all your budget on one outfit that you can only wear as one outfit. You know, I deal mainly with mothers most of the time anymore, it seems, because I am dealing with younger clientele as far as who I'm sewing for. And some of the moms I are real adamant about what they want and their daughters won't argue because the mom's paying for everything. Mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to get something and not like it. I'm too personal for that. I would be upset. So I try to tell them, you know, make sure you, you t- talk to the person enough and you see what they mm-hmm. really make on a up close, not just on Facebook or on internet. See somebody that's wearing one of those designers outfits so you can see how it's made. All right, I've got one final question for you, Sylvia. Having served as Miss Rodeo Oregon in the late 80s, and then your daughter's serving as high school rodeo queen in today's time, where do you see the fashion trends going in the future, or even just the rodeo queen industry as a whole, for that matter? Well, I know that uh, a lot of the styling as far as the daily wear, more sponsorships are being promoted i guess some of it to me from back then to now it was nice to see some of the retro coming back because i think that this western style needs to stay i think we lost touch the last couple years we lost touch with what a western theme or western designer is designing i would see some of what these everyday people were wearing and I was thinking to myself, I don't want to see a rodeo queen wearing that because it's just not, I don't think of a good word to it's use. It's not extra enough. It's, it's not proper in my, in my mind. We're, these are young, reputable girls, grade school to college, and they're supposed to be above and beyond reproach. They're supposed to be young ladies, respectable. They're representing these as- associations and their directors are all wearing Western jeans, belt, long sleeve shirts, hats, looking the western part and then their rodeo queens are wearing leopard print and zebra print and see-through material and high heel boots and skinny leg jeans and it's i didn't you know there's just it, i'm old-fashioned when it comes down to that i just don't think that some of those things are appropriate to be wearing out in public appearances and like i said i i get it that the western market is out there and you we have to support, but they have regular Western style clothing that can be modified or be used and still look authentic. I just don't think pop-up boutique kind of things um, are doing benefit to the rodeo queen industry. I agree with you. I do, I do, I do. It's fine to add something for flair or fun or something like that, but 
those type of, I, in the last couple of years, some of that needs to be reined in a little bit, I think. If you don't stay with a traditional Western look, what's going to make you look any different from Miss America or Miss USA? I mean, rodeo queens are so separated and they're so distinctive. If you don't have that Western silhouette, you're just going to look like all the other pageant girls. Or if you, I mean, if you come to Texas or Alabama, you're just going to look like all the glitz girls. <laughs> well, and, yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, you're not part of the fashion posse. You're supposed to be a representative of an association or a representative of a state or a rodeo. You've, you have a title that you're representing and it's no different than, than having a three-piece suit versus no socks and dress shoes and skinny jeans and working from a cubicle. I just think that there needs to be a lot more pride in, in what the girls are wearing so that they, yes, they feel good, they look good and they're representing certain sponsors. I get that, but they can do it being authentic than, than looking like every day. So Sylvia, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to discuss getting an item designed by you? Well, the best the best way is probably through Facebook or Messenger. And I have a personal Facebook page and as well as Queenie's has a Facebook page. Messenger is the is the best way to get in touch with me. Oh, very cool. Well, we'll be linking those on our page when we post this. And thank you, Sylvia, for being on as our guest today. We were thrilled to hear your insight on the Rodeo Queen fashion. Oh, well, thank you. If you like our podcast and want to learn more, check out Crown Connections on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest.